everybody. This is Shobert Shoberry back with the Shobert Show, and I have a fun guest today. Shobert. Yeah. Jared Steffes is here. I'm Jared. Why don't you introduce yourself, and thanks for coming on, a.k.a. By the way, he goes by the name Jared Epic Power. Yeah, I've got Epic Power. I've got Fake Busy. I've got VIP. I'm basically like a couple steps away from having my own self-help book that helps no one. Nice. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, basically, I, I, I grow, grew up as a farmer outside of Chicago, Illinois. I realized quickly when I knew I should that the whole world is made up of this brotherhood. And I got into gaming, gaming early on in life, electronics, taking apart things not being able to put them back together you know so my parents and my uncles and family were really good about making sure i i stayed in school and you know it's like out of the boys who grew up on the farm i'm like the only one to go through college you know it's it's weird i don't know wow i don't know why that is but which college you go to yeah i went to depaul university and that's that's a university it's downtown chicago my you know, parents want the best for their kids. And yeah. I, I knew I was smart up to fourth grade. And then like something changed physically in me or something or mentally. What do you mean uh, by that? I don't know. I just, I remember I got like my first C's and I'm like, what's going on here? Am I not like trying or something? But um, mm-hmm. later on in life, one of my best friends from high school, I was like, yo how did you get so smart he's like you're smarter than me i'm like what are you talking about he's like i just learned how to study and i remember this was like a summer school and we're going to a junior college for summer school okay and wow. okay. I, was, I was like all right so what's the deal here how yeah. do i do i study like you he's like you go in the library and find some kid who's way smarter than you and so he's I remember he like found this Asian girl that was in one of his classes. And I was like, man, that's sort of stereotypical. He's like, but watch, our goal is to stay here longer than she stays here and just the whole time. And so I started doing that and I just started becoming a rock star with my grades and gosh. And I was like, holy crap, I've got the opportunity to graduate with honors, all this other really? stuff. All, bec- all because... I just found somebody to make my like study enemy in school and stayed there longer than they did. And I remember one day it was like 10 30 PM. We're still in the library in downtown Chicago at DePaul. And this kid like looks back over his shoulders. Cause you want to sit behind the person, you know, you got to see when they leave. Uh, and yeah. They look back and they see like me there, you know, day after day with them. I can't I can't leave if this guy's not leaving. I was like, damn it, now it's not working anymore. But that whole philosophy got me through just building startups, doing doing outlandish things, like a weird dedication for stuff. Yeah, interesting. I'm 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 surprised that person didn't come like uh it's like an empty library between you two. And he's like, why is this person literally right behind me? Uh, yeah. Stuff like that. I, um, I remember one time, like uh, this girl was like, dude, what are you doing? And I'm like, Oh, I'm so I did study it. Yeah. Because <laughs> like I would sit near them all the time. 
and stuff. I'm like, I gotta be able to see those people. Or you know, you get you get in the flow state and you're just yeah, yeah, yeah working yeah. your butt off and you don't hear a person get up and you're like, when did they leave? You know? <laughs> yeah, the notion of focus is insane. Uh and you're able to kind of like just like, you know, engulf into like really good uh education uh, what you know basically whatever you're learning right but like right now in this world where we have endless of devices and what's oh, so universes so visually like can you imagine like the focus level uh i know it's like every every month i'm content you know you, you check in there you're guaranteed guaranteed to see like one of the the best apps of the week is something to help you focus yeah <laughs> And it's like, oh, here's here's like a screen timer thing. You, it's a Safari extension. You you turn it on. It gives you five minutes of just messing around on the net per hour. I was like, oh my god, regulated. Yep, the check in is real. Uh, so when did you? Okay, so like you were in DePaul in Chicago, obviously, uh, to not really known for the startup and gaming world. How did you? I mean, you, your background is like you, you kind of fix games and devices and stuff. What was actually, uh, out of curiosity, what was your favorite game growing up or games? And um, You don't have one? Actually, there, yeah, there was a Commodore 64 game uh, called Ghostbusters. And I'm not nice. sure what other platforms it came out on. But I remember it would take like eight minutes to load off a single floppy disk. Finally oh, did load God. in. It had, I remember it was one of the first games that had a voice in it. And mm. it would go, Ghostbusters. <laughs> and then the, the, the MIDI version of the theme song would start playing. And I just thought it was the craziest thing. But oh, it was man. an interesting like game design from, from that. Yeah. But on the gaming side, like I, I've made video games. So, why does somebody want to become a video game designer? There's always like a game or something that people can yeah. look back to. And mine was playing uh, Zombies Ate My Neighbors with my cousin Brett at his house on a Super Nintendo. And we were like, okay, let's beat this game. You know, the game was almost endless, it just kept making new levels. If there was like procedural design back then, yeah, that game would never end. It was just like a roguelike. But we were on level like 54 or something like that. And I remember him saying like, man, if they would have moved like this thing over here and did this, that would have changed this whole level. Yeah. Because it was, it was just like too easy. And I was like, holy crap. So we started like taking apart every level after that, like talking about the, the game theory. Yeah. Of what? Because with making games, you're just driving behavior. You're yeah. trying to get somebody to do something for uh, a dopamine hit, an achievement. Mario Brothers, like, get the top of the flag so the fireworks go off. Yeah. And if so you understand how to like drive to that. Uh, Zombies Ain't My Neighbors. It was. I can't even I can't even remember. It's been a minute since I played the game. Okay. I looked right. at it. But I, I'm always thinking about that moment whenever I get hung up. Like what can change this? Yeah. So what was the next step? Like how did you go from that to like actually making games? 
did you make games then or did you just still kind of play? I made my first game in kindergarten on an Apple IIe, really? which is pretty, pretty sick. Yeah. I, I went to uh, public school and somehow in kindergarten, they had a program called ACE for like, uh, they were just like interested in computers. So I started getting pulled into that and quickly learned Apple basic. And I remember like the first, first week I, I made a bitmap picture, you know, of like a jack-o'-lantern or a smiley face or something like that. And then I was like, I want to learn more. And so the teacher taught me more and more and, by the end of kindergarten, I made my first like mud, you know, a text-based dungeon crawler. What and is mud? I re- is uh, that technically the d- dungeon crawler, or what does mud stand for? Yeah, so uh, you know, let's look that up. We got computers here, um, but a mud is a game that is only text, so you're using your entire imagination. Yeah, mud. Game. Mud game. Yeah. So you're using imagination and you created a game when you were in kindergarten from scratch? Yeah. Like, did you design yeah. it? Did you do like, what was the game called? Uh, it was, it had something to do with Easter because it was around Easter time. I don't know if I ever came up with a name for it. Okay. I, yeah. I would love to still have that floppy, but it definitely got thrown out. Mm-hmm. The idea was it was like a, a read your own adventure type book, but it would say something like you, you trip on something on the ground. Do you look at it? Do you like run away from it? And so you would choose like run away or look at it. And then it would go to the next thing in the higher tree, similar to the, what was it? The Bandersnatch Netflix thing. What's yeah, I was going to say like this, the, the flow is like an A-B flow. You either you have option A or B at the door. Which which door do you go into? And that's basically what that was in Netflix, um, which is one almost the, like... One of like the biggest ones that all the old OGs still talk about is like Zork's Adventure. And Zork's Adventure, it, yeah. Yeah, you would just be... You're like walking long like caverns or caves and you you pick up things and you're like inventory and shows your inventory then you say i want to like light a torch and then you light a torch and because you lit the torch it would cause it to go off into a different direction so it's like oh these monsters stay away from you if the torch is lit so we got got to design something around that very cool. Yeah, there was, I forgot the name of this mobile. There's a mobile game studio that used to be here in Marin County. Uh, for the life of me, I can't recall, but basically they had IPs like uh, Walking Dead. And then it Telltale. Was, yes, Telltale. And you would click on, like, should I get out of the car or should I stay in the car? And if yeah. like the zombie would come or not, and you like, okay, I'm staying in the car. And then there's like crickets, and you like waiting, wing or not. And if you go out of the car, would the zombie actually come and kill you? Ah. So, yeah, I, yeah, the, these games. Like game, I call them in my brain now. I, I thought it'd be neat to make a game out of a PowerPoint slide like presentation well, in this power presentation we have a thousand slides yeah <laughs> the simplest apps and, and stuff still kind of work i mean look at wordle right now right i mean technically there's some obviously 
complexity uh, with the game. Um, but there is some simplicity that got people addicted to it. Uh, so, yeah. yeah it uh, translated really well for Twitter hype. Oh, my God. You know, like, that's how I found out about the game. And I'm sure you likely did, too. But you're yeah. like, what is this? And there wouldn't be a link to the game or anything. So it caused you to do extra steps, change your behavior, look up Wordle, green dots. And then maybe eventually you come across an article saying, oh, here's like this game that so-and-so created for their friend. And you got to read through that and find the correct link to click on. And then you yeah. never remember the link. Because it's really long. It's not like Wordle.com. There, there was a bunch of stuff hanging out there with it. So I'd have to do these steps over and over before I'd finally bookmark it. Yeah, I mean, there was a little <laughs> bit of like a FOMO, like fear of missing out. Like, what right, is it? right, yeah. Oh, I it had, it. And I it had just like a crazy accidental marketing yeah. vehicle behind it's it. It's impressive that uh, it's like a, what is it, one-man shop out of Brooklyn, New York Times just bought it. Uh you know, so you, you oh, be- I saw the dankest meme today. My friend Amanda, she's she's like, oh, you know, Microsoft just bought these deals. It's the new business cards. So okay. it's from like, uh, here's a business card. Microsoft guides like Activision, Blizzard, Microsoft, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and then a Sony one. And then somebody was like with alpha eyes comes in and goes, yo. Check out my business card. It's a New York <laughs> Times guy, and it just says Wordle. And everybody's like, "What?" Can you imagine, like a di- well, like that could be like a digital uh, business card. I'm, there was this actually speaking of tweets, and um, I forgot his name, but basically, there's um, there was a tweet yesterday I saw that showed Microsoft's 1980 logo. Uh, yeah, it basically looked like Metallica. That's but it <laughs> Microsoft. I was like, it's so cool. It's pretty cool there. Pretty cool. Um, nice. So basically, you created this game when you were really young. Um, and then over time, you, you created games. You studied college. Uh, were you still in Chicago after DePaul and created game studios? What happened next? Yeah, I ended up... Uh, while I was at DePaul, there was a video game degree. And really? I, you know... And I always wanted to be like a producer or studio a director or something like that or with yeah. with game design. And uh, I ended up helping start a video game degree while I was at college. And along with that, they gave us grant money to build and an office right in the loop, the heart of Chicago, to build a gaming land center at the college super cool so did this it's actually wild. extend into uh a degree after you left and it's still there yes it's it's still going on there's been a lot of a lot of kids who graduated incredible and yeah you it's kind of it's an entrepreneurship wild. spirit right there just to create that degree. yeah you must have had to get like forms and some sort of like approval, get into one, which, you know, yeah, which, speak with the deans of the exactly. coaches. And it, it wasn't like, you know, when yeah. the Winklevi twins go in to talk to, to the dean, it was just like, no, we're going to, here's what we want to do. And with me having like business sense, I'd put together presentations and things like that, bring them along. And it just added a 
lot more validity to the fact that a bunch of college kids with the help of like our wonderful professor, Charlie Wilcox, got this thing across the line. It's just yeah, that's wild. Like- that is pretty incredible because there's all a lot of bureaucracy and uh, red tape, and then you like cut through it, and you got the funding and and, and the degree set. So, did you actually graduate with that degree? The degree no, I, I graduated from the business school. Oh, okay, because I was going to say that would be pretty baller. Like, yeah, look at this. This is the degree I created. I yeah, think. well, yeah, <laughs> it was like me, my buddy Andy Gwynn, and Charlie and Jack Brzezinski. It's like we we put this. St- thing together and wow. my goal was I, I wanted to teach at it you know and yeah. so but yeah. now I'm, I'm not there i'm in austin texas now speaking of austin isn't it freezing like it's like a it's like a winter storm that's happening there again yeah around the same time last year we had this yeah. happen and our water went out for a week and i had friends wow. chopping down trees in the park <laughs> keep their family warm and Crazy. so people really flipped out about this, but uh, I staffed up. I got a generator now. I got solar power. I got the backup water system. Showbear, Smart. I am, Smart. I I am mean, ready. Yeah, we uh, we moved here to Sonoma Wine Country. This what was it like two summers ago. The second night was that there was this lightning complex that was like wild. The whole from Santa Cruz to all the way to like northern part of wine country, there was lightning storms. So there was fires everywhere. And uh, it was so funny because before when I came up here, I, I asked some of my friends, a couple of gaming guys, uh, mobile guys. I was like, hey, uh, I'm looking to move up here. Tell me, you know, obviously you guys are biased. You like it. Uh, but tell me about the the fires. Tell me about the power, <laughs> uh, power outages, the smoke, yada, yada. And I got a zero to 100 crash course starting the second day I moved here. Uh, so, uh, I haven't learned my lesson and haven't got a backup generator yet. However, we're pretty fortunate. We're on the fire department grid. Uh, so our power hasn't gone out since moving here. Thankfully. That is fortunate. Yes. Thankfully. Uh, and so you basically <laughs> created this degree in DuPaul. Uh, and before I go to like to Austin, did you stay in Chicago? And, and you, I remember, uh, you basically did a casino based company is that right is it casino advertising or was it casino games oh that was later on but okay. uh wow right, yeah right after college i got involved in like a uh a startup we ended up creating a uh, nanoparticle that would glow from heat and light and i still have like a 99 ford mustang this stuff embedded in the paint and i was driving it around last weekend and it still glows from heat and light and it, stop it that's you, know, pretty, you have to you have to like show that on social media man yeah it's yeah like, what took that's pretty it took cool. place it's, maybe it's, 15 it's, it, years ago now it's nuts you should go to like ces next year because like you saw what happened with bmw this year with the pixelation color change yeah that, that thing that thing was pretty sick yeah so you did so what was the purpose of this startup uh, we were building a 3D holographic display. So in order to do that, you needed like new types of crystals to make points of light touch each other. So you'd actually see the pixel out in space. But because of that, we just had all sorts of weird things get developed out of this. And um, one thing we dabbled in was gaming. And so 
I sort of ran the gaming studio wow. there for a little bit. Okay, so basically you went from the graphic design, uh, so this 3D graphics um, with this nanoparticle, and then you got into gaming? Yeah, yeah, sort of bizarre, huh? It, I didn't understand when I was that young that I see you, sh- you shouldn't be chasing so many things if you're yeah, a yeah. stuff. And there, that place would just chase anything that was sparkling in front of it. So I was making prototype games for like Bravo TV and even National Geographic uh, oh, pitched cool. an MMORPG that they liked. And, you know, it was just one of those weird periods where six or five years after that pitch and that company goes under, I run into one of the guys that I pitched that game concept to. And he was like, I, I remember this. I didn't get it, but everybody else in the room was like, yeah, give this dude money, you know, to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, sometimes I just think it was fake, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That's hilarious. Uh, so, wow. Okay. And then, um, how, how you said you said this five, five years, how long ago was this? Uh, that was 2000. Five to 2007, all of that went on. And shortly after that, I ended up getting in the serious gaming, uh, building games for Department of Defense. So, really, which was part of Homeland Security and all that other stuff. So, it's building a bioterrorism training simulator. And wow. what's funny is like serious games were really getting their kickoff around that time because the graphics improved to the point where. Yeah, this does look realistic now, you know. This tank isn't just four four polygons on here, you know. So yeah. It looks like it's just made out of matchboxes. But uh serious gaming everybody realized like gamification was getting big, things yeah. like that. And like how can we add gamification to training for serious matter? And everybody else was just making it as realistic the life as possible and i came in was like here's this idea they're like yeah nobody's done this the psychology makes sense i'm like let's take a stressful stressful situation and add cute elements to it and at that time i was really in the japanese culture because i want to work for like nintendo you know i wanted to work for square enix or yeah and so a big anime dude and i i remember my wife and she drew this doctor we call it the chibi dino because the doctor's name was dr dino and it would pop up and be like hey maybe you should check his blood pressure and if it's over this it could be something else we'll get to that and first time that little chibi dino popped up in this the doctors was like what the is that thing and afterwards like i quizzed them i'm like do you remember stuff and they're like i remember that that cute little thing popping up telling me to do this and I was like, you know, when there's association to something you you enjoyed and, and like surprised you, it's easier to put a piece of knowledge in there for you to remember. Later, so how did especially you get that? if that character has shows emotion, you know, like smile or sad, angry. Yeah. yeah sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But basically, I was fascinated no. by like, uh, so okay, so like, let's reiterate. You basically had a relationship with the U.S. government. To create a game like a real life simulation based game, counter like almost like a counterterrorism simulation product, um, and then you you added like Japanese style uh, animation cutesy characters uh, to distract them but be part of it. 
how the heck did you get this deal? Were you in Chicago still? Did you go to DC? Uh, yeah, I was still in Chicago. Life away? Yeah, still in Chicago. The, there's like some major uh, educational hospitals there. So with educational hospitals, there comes more, you're, you're tied in the government in a closer way. Okay. Because you're, you're training or you're, you're learning new things and who else should learn new things? Yeah. The government and the army. So yeah, yeah, that was, that was like through one of the teaching hospitals in Chicago. And it it surprised me just like it surprised you. It's like, Oh, that stuff is going on. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, the internet is, uh, you know, emails and internet was always first for the, the military industry. Uh, you know, taking advantage of that and understanding what's going on, uh, for security purposes abroad. Uh, so gaming just makes sense. Right. And I can only imagine at what level now they probably have some game platforms that are just, you know, testing out. that would be probably wild to get into. Uh, we should probably do an, another podcast <laughs> to see if there's anything they'd be open to and have you as like a guest with me on that one. Um, so after that, what, would you get into uh, how that how long did that lasted and how would you get into next? Oh, uh, that lasted about two years, and at that point, I I saw the iPhone, and yep. it was like, "Yep, there's something here." So, got I talked to my my family and getting iPhones with me, and some of us did, and. The, why do you think the iPhone was special the first time you touched it? Me? Because yeah. to me, I thought this is the this is the future of you know, like where where I could just really empower the content I want. Like I want <laughs> if I want anything on in real time, that to me I was like, oh, this is literally like I could put TV in here, I could put games in here, I could like to me that was like the, the most powerful device I've ever seen. Uh, and I thought this is the future. That's why I even like moved to San Francisco with some friends and tried some iPhone apps. We actually had, uh, you know, in 2000, was it nine? We moved to San Francisco and the apps were just was announced. Uh, and this, uh, we wanted to create a digital magazine. Uh, and, and instead we were like, what's the easiest way to use, um, this kind of product we had. Uh, so, you know, outfit seven with the talking pet apps, like talking Tom and all that, their interactivity, we had people and the people would have gestures and things. So the first product we launched was called stress relief because the market crashed and people were stressing out. So we wanted to do something funny, like a game where you could scream the life into the the iPhone or tap faster, make a person cry. Apple never approved of it. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, after that, I was like, this is this is definitely the future. Like, this is where everybody's going to go to. And, and it's true. I mean, literally now, if you look at it, this has been like 12, 11, 12 years now since the apps were really launched. And uh, the, 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 the whole notion of like celebrities now are not really celebrities. They're influencer celebrities creating content that is short snippets. Uh, and that's just like one thing I'm talking about. There's, uh, there's 200... Some, I think there's like 270 apps uh, out of that 170 last year made $100 million out of games. Uh, there was only 32 movies that hit the box office that hit $100 million in revenue. 
So like, there's just some comparisons there to like, anyways, I, I kind of ramble cause I'm excited about this space and I live and breathe it. I know you and I, that's, that's how we met, you know? So it's yeah. we both got a lot of passion there, but I, I want to share with you what I observed when I first got the iPhone. This is prior to the app store. People would say that thing plays YouTube, right? <laughs> and I heard that over and over people would be like, Hey, can I, can I see this? How do I fire up YouTube? And it didn't dawn on me right away. And I remember driving home from a place and I was like, I was trying to show them all these other features on the phone, like the camera and whatever else there was. They're like, here's how you bring up all these different things. And people would just be like, uh, how do you bring up YouTube? <laughs> I want to see YouTube. And I was like, holy crap, this, the only thing people look at this device as is as a way to digest more content. Exactly. Yeah. It's definitely a content like product, man. Um, so did you, what'd you create? iPhone apps, games? Yeah. I think we made one of the first like 150, 200 games. It was called Bitflip, and it, it was really cool time. The, we had sort of like a, a normal game publisher model for okay. on mobile. And it turned out, you know, that didn't work right off the bat. The, the whole thing ended up being way different from the traditional gaming industry. But um, yeah, we, we had BitFlip and it was in the Apple store, like the physical yeah. stores on the original iPhone is like a test game. It's okay. pretty wild to back to that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, because of this, yeah, at the end of the day, we ended up having, like, people were like, oh, you guys, you guys are millionaires. You're going to be millionaires. And shortly after our game came out, you could jailbreak your iPhone by going to a web page. I think it was called jailbreak.com. And you'd slide this, like, our on our unlock slide, you know, that you used to do from left to right, and it would jailbreak your phone. And then you can go to any site or download the actual games, like the entire app, just download it. And there wasn't, I don't, I don't think there was like free to play really back then. No. It was just like, yeah, you bought it or free, you know, there, and, uh, yeah, and- there wasn't. There was only like one ad, or maybe two ad companies in town. I think yep. it was like Gray Graystripe and AdMob. AdMob before Google bought them, even. Yeah, and you you're like, how do I, how do I monetize this? You know, this used to cost four dollars. Like the publishers got to get their royalties back. And the what's cool is the only way we knew we were hacked or whatever. Or, put on torrents is one of our engineers put in a a fear where whenever a new copy of the game would fire up we would we'd get a ding on a server so after i think the first two days we had three hundred ten thousand copies just were from like jailbreaking your iphone and getting hacked up oh man and it just kept scaling up and up and up. And we realized there has to be another way to make money. Yeah. And we had a, 
really like brilliant guy on our team, Bill Gushwan and uh, Justin Moore and Josh Hernandez and and myself and friends. Like we just started this thing and realized that a brand uh, ads aren't really interacted with. And at that time, there was the Xbox 360 was out, and there was a company looking at purchasing billboards inside of games like selling that ad unit and Super you cool. know we thought about ways to monetize the game and yep. coming coming up at the end of the day with incentivized ads like some of the very first incentivized ads yeah was, uh, by the time we launched that there was tap joy who had yeah. the offer wall yeah tap joy exploded and became like a pretty popular company and this is yeah. the you know all these stuff kind of uh it's funny apple uh sees it goes and attack like learns from it and then says sorry so you know at some point they obviously blocked the jailbreak kind of sites at some point they blocked all the incent world i mean i, I obviously was it uh doing this app a day daily deal apps and yeah. all of those apps were gone daily deal apps was like the group on for apps every single day we'd feature an app and give them a deal like oh download this app and you get like free sword uh typically worth five bucks or get the paid app for free yeah. and go up the charts so yeah that i mean it was definitely wild times because that was the hardest thing is like if you're a game developer or app developer to get your app up the charts and that in the charts back then was like the music charts that was live or die yeah you everybody was watching now it's like who goes on apple or google's app store pages in my opinion i think they really should change the product to almost look like a tiktok story or something like where you could just literally could like look at a stream of the game and like oh now i'm gonna download it i just get it um yeah wouldn't that be amazing if that was live it just here's a person playing the game right now yeah man i mean there was um uh, what was it app on board somebody tried to do that uh and they had a deal i think with apple and it's never really took off. They had playable ads and I like playable ads. I think they'll work. Uh, but like think about playable app store or just like a streaming video. That's just like rad. Like you just swipe through and just play games for free until you download the one you want. Um, I think that's why I'm doing things with Twitch, you know, that, yeah. that interactivity, that liveness. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, like, and, and I know due to time, you want to kind of like hash your story out because this is pretty wild. I mean, when did did you at this point with the App Store stuff? Did you go still in Chicago? When did you actually move to San Francisco Bay Area when I first met you? Uh, like, what was this uh, the product you work? I think that's when you were working on the casino product. Yep. Yeah, I had a a game studio called Fury Wing Games. So that's right. Me was sold. Uh, I got. I looked at doing stock stuff. Uh, it's a prototype with some friends and like it wasn't Hakim Patel or Christian Gerberson. Can't remember the person? Uh, no. Okay. So I ended up meeting you and game development. We just, yeah. Game, GDC. And then one time we were up at Casual Connect in Seattle. Yeah. Right before. And I think that's when we really became friends because Will Lutton was there. Yeah, yeah, and, Will and well, that was the Will Lutton. He's this cool British guy who was a writer. He also worked on games, and uh, he create he basically got a really cool group of people together. 
and <laughs> he called it uh, in his British accent, stepdaddy. Do you want a stepdaddy? No. And, you, and like, you, you remember you that? A, weren't you there for the origin of the stepdaddy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, stepdaddy. I'm like, what is this? No, yes. And, so this thing, we were at Casual Connect, hungover. Yeah. There was some event, and I don't know if it was like your event or something, maybe. And everybody's like, Jared, what are you drinking? And I'm like, I need something you know, that it's going to make me feel better. I need vitamins, but I also need the alcohol. But I don't want to seem like a lush. So we came, we were like making up all these different drinks. I'm like, you know what? Wine and orange juice. <laughs> it's the stepdaddy to uh, mimosa. Exactly. And I think Lutton came up with the name because I was like, it was like something. It was I was like, happy. it's something your, you know, your dad would drink, but he's not your real dad. And, you know, it's on Sunday. He's got to go to church, but he's like dealing with that hangover from Saturday night. Doesn't want to pay for champagne. Dad. Yeah. And he's like, God, he looks around I'm like, oh, and orange juice and wine. He puts it in his Yeti. And it was hot. Yeti it mug. was a hot summer day in Seattle. So yeah, it was the happy hour there. It was the happy hour in the main quad. And it was also, besides Will, it was Paul Verapin also from the oh, UK. Oh, Paul is the yeah. best. Yeah. So we were all hanging out there. And then, and then Will basically said, let's go out um, and create a crew. And the big big crew, Charlie, uh, Price, and yeah. others came. Nina, uh, Nina Cliff, a bunch of others came. And then yeah. remember uh, Ian Harper, Future Games of London? Yep. So everybody was trying Will's drink. And Ian's like topped it all off. He's like, no, I'm going to have my own. And he called it the step. Was it the step mommy or something? It was yeah, Coca- step mommy. Coca-Cola and, and red wine. And we're like, oh, man. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that step mommy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right. Well, hey, Ian obviously has been successful. So try, man. You enjoy yourself. Uh, it was it was pretty entertaining. Um, So <laughs> that Casual Connect. Casual Connect was uh, outside of game developers conference focused on casual games and Facebook games, mobile games. It was a lot of fun. I think once they moved it from Seattle to San Francisco, it a little bit changed. Uh, it was oh, I didn't. people who genuinely Nobody wanted to go to it. Seattle for the summertime, uh, and it's like San Francisco has so much competition, at, you know, for, for gaming and just general conferences. It just didn't uh, just didn't work out. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's a shame. So yeah, that's how we all you know got together, uh, hung out. Actually, uh, that's when we really definitely your point. Like we became friends, and I noticed how wild. And your epic power name, uh, at least like I, I got to embrace that. Yeah. Um, I think Ben, I was wearing like a bright orange suit coat. And yeah, I, really, I, I didn't have that. my long hair yet. I had really tall hair. I just, I, I looked like I could have been in a Devo color cover band or something. With totally. Good. Yeah, like indie, indie rock is hot. Well, you add a little electronica, it's like gaming music right there. Uh, and I remember uh, at this time when you were in Bay Area, you got me introduced to this, uh, the Thursday night, speaking of this is Thursday night, like we're doing this uh, interview. Thursday night showdown? Like showdown with the epic power. Um, this place called Folsom Foundry you reminded me of. You want to explain a little bit this yeah. place? Uh, this was a rad 
game arcade place. I've never seen anything like it. You go inside, there's like one section of like console, there's another arcade, there's like obviously like so the like the billiards and so forth. And then there was and this is like when Twitch was just becoming a thing. There was play by play live broadcasters showing like the tournament right there. And I was like, whoa. And there, I at first I didn't get it. You're like, dude, that guy's an analyst. I'm like, huh? And you're like, okay, he's like the John Madden for esports. I was like, oh, okay. You know, like, <laughs> uh, so this place was super cool. Uh, oh, yeah. so it, it was like our, it was our max. That was like, as young adults, that was where Say by the Bell kids hung out. Yeah, it was, it was the look, coolest it was a place. Fun place for nerds like us. I'm not going to lie. Like, uh, my nerd side appreciated it. I was like, oh, you could have, you could play games and just have a drink and hang out with friends and embrace it. Uh, I'm cool with that. Uh, your alter ego could come out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it was like what a barcade should have been. Yeah, and and I, you know, I was put into check. I was like, I thought I was a decent gamer, and you're like playing these Mario games. I'm like, oh my god, I was destroyed. I was completely destroyed. Yep. And you have a funny story about something there or somebody. What was it? Yeah, the, the yeah. Boundary? I ended up becoming friends with like the guys or the team that was putting on uh, the event. And one of the guys is a guy named CJ Scaduto. And I thought any gaming name he had, like upload to like Scoots or Dudo yeah. or something. I'm like, that's so lame. You need to be CJ Brimstone. <laughs> and so I don't know if like he ever goes by it or anything, but anytime I see him, I'm like Brimstone. He's like, Jared, best name ever for me <laughs> i like but, it uh, i ended up eating like all of his team there and one of the guys was a it was this awesome human being like the best person to have as a bouncer the door checker and yeah. this guy you know he could get hard if he needed to get hard in somebody's yeah. face and he could just be so chill and lovey and things like that but um yeah we we all like had a form for the friendship with this guy we were going so often and awesome and uh, unfortunately he passed away one day um about three years ago two years ago and so it it was just like this thing you know you you think of this guy once in a while and uh, i'm on the internet i'm always looking for memes i've got a jacket that says meme lord on the back nice and so you gotta keep, stay up to date with the memes, and I see this meme where it's like, uh, what the heck was it? It was something where there was a video of somebody's eye, and it kept zooming in, and then eventually okay. it gets to the pupil, and there's a guy just fully naked with the biggest hog, you know, just hanging off his body, and you look at this man's face, and like holy holy crap that's him that that's oh my deceased friend oh, you know living God. on with this massive hog whoa wait so he's the meme that everybody kind of puts oh uh, yeah oh. when you need when you need a dude with like just a God. huge third leg <laughs> wow you, you that put, must have obviously you caught your attention. One. You're like, okay, I love memes, but woof. Okay. Uh, 
Wow. It's just so wild. It's like, who gets the opportunity to live on as a meme? You know, just be like, here's this, here I am living on forever. Probably on the Ethereum chain by now. So it's, you know, it's living on <laughs> as a, as 3.0. Yeah. Oh, you know? Gracious. Um, all right. Well, hey, uh, that, that just tops the stories we had of that place to another level that the world uses. Um, and then, I remember back then you were getting frustrated living in the Bay Area, obviously cost of living. Your startup wasn't oh, getting I got up eaten alive the out there. And the yeah. gaming, look, gaming, game funding, just the venture capital community was not feeling it and not into it. So when did you decide Austin, create like keep Austin, what, crazy? Uh, keep Austin weird. Oh, yeah, keep, keep Austin. Austin weird was epic. your weird for it's epic great power. Great critter hunting. Yeah, what is critter, so tell people wizards. what this critter hunting is. Oh, the critter, critter hunting is some of the best out here. You, you've got so many events, South by Southwest, ACL. Critters are just really unique people. You know, like the people you sort of be like, oh, you know, maybe we should shy away from that. And glitter is just clumps of glitter are just falling off them. <laughs> so, and who's your buddy at South by? I remember you guys were saying we were having dinner and you're like, we're going to go critter hunting. I'm like, you're not going to come with us to another spot. John no. Carnage. John Carnage. Jonathan Carnage. That guy is entertaining too. How's yeah. he doing? He's doing super well. He's put out some beautiful video games. He's working on some cool awesome. content. Got a lot of things in the work. Like that wow. game, Hello Neighbor. Oh, yeah. Wild. That's yeah. his, uh, that's an incredible game. Yeah. With the tiny build guys out of Seattle and Lithuania, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. That IP is huge. Um, I know. Yeah. It's a bit creepy, funny. Uh, it's pretty yeah, impressive. It's like a five, it's got the Five Nights at Freddy's vibe, you know? Yeah. yeah. People like being scared. Yeah, they do. They do. That's why, like, zombies are just a thing. Uh, yeah. Critters are a thing, too. So, oh, uh, yeah. So, with uh, we've got a few minutes left. I wanted to make sure, like, you brought in, like, you moved to Austin. You love it out there. It's a great town, by the way. I've I've always thought of myself as a town to live in, uh, and now it's just like a mega city. It's becoming a, a college town to a sit to a town to a city in the next few years. I feel like with like the big tech companies like Tesla and others. Yeah. There. Um. Yeah, but you moved there. God, I got to say, five years ago at least. Um. And uh, you, you created this company, Muxy, right? Yeah. Right. So Muxy, Muxy, I uh, was a company. It was interesting. It's they were trying to create what what basically became Apple HealthKit and Google Google Fit, all of all of those APIs that allow these health devices to talk to each other, you know, and share data. And applied for like Y Combinator, had a great prototype, and we're we're in some massive products. And then Google and Apple both announced their versions of it. Oh, <laughs> and no. they were like, well, I guess this is over. And they started making things on Twitch. So they became like uh one of the largest alerts and donation platforms on Twitch. Yep. That's- and that's when I met them. <laughs> And how did you get involved? Uh, like, what I think you were also like really into this e stream, uh, esports yeah. at that yeah. time with NVIDIA I was or something. With NVIDIA. Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. I put uh, together the Twitch channel for them. 
my yeah, wife pretty, and I and uh, awesome. some friends. Yeah, put that together and it, it ended up being the main like highlight channel for Twitch executives to show brands how to come to Twitch. Yeah. From what I heard. And I was like, damn, I made this. So <laughs> I was coming I was coming out of that with all sorts of knowledge, you know, in that space. And then I met these guys and they're like, Yeah, we're doing this. And I'm like, Well, how do you make money? And they're like, Well, we tried making money. We tried taking one percent of the donations that come through the platform. And Oof. Some streamers got upset and got their Twitter follower com- communities, you know, 140,000 followers, things like that. And after with Pitchfork, they were, were stealing out of the streamer's mouth and things like that. I'm like, it's 1%. They get over it. And yeah. these guys are like, no, we, you know, we stopped doing that. So we're not making any money. It's like, well, let's like come in. And I started advising my buddy, the CEO, Peter, on what to do, you know, and, and their numbers kept moving. They helped to launch, launch their bits platform with success. Peter came up with this idea of the chair cup, like a busking cup that you'd have on top of your piano at a yeah. bar and drop in tips. And so it was really the first interactive game on Twitch because viewers would drop in these bits. You could drop cents. So somebody would load up this cup with a hundred of these single bits and emoji things. And they're floating in the cup. You know, they've got like liquid physics. And then a guy will come along and drop one $100 one. And it'd come down and splash, like dunk the cup. And it just proved that their people enjoy this type of inter- interaction with each other, with the broadcaster. And we even saw behaviors where a single, a single whale, like a person who would just go to channels to drop hundreds in, yeah. they would look at Twitch, Twitch would have a snapshot of like the last time it updated what the live feed is. They would look for the full cups. They'd go to a channel with the Muxy, Muxy bit cup, drop, drop one. And chat would be like, Oh my God, they came back, you know? And it's just a great feeling for them. That's awesome. And Do you Yeah. This is cool, man. Like you've you've empowered a lot of like these like live streamers um uh, with the Muxy. I mean, one of one that caught my eye on your on the website is the FCF, which is like that really cool football league allows people like instead of having like coaches and stuff, you the fan oh, it's uh, so cool. can pick the football play. So you guys work with these guys. Yeah, we power their we built their Twitch experience for them. Awesome. So yeah, the so idea that, that, is you can watch this football, this arena football game live, take yeah. place live in front of you and call the plays from yeah. the screen. That's pretty amazing. It's nuts. Yeah. Uh, I've been waiting for something like that forever. It's like you're playing Madden football, the video game, but you're playing it with real life human beings. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. Now, you know, it's Web3 now because over the past year, Web3 showed up. So now it's getting even... uh NFTs and Web three power things we were working on, but with with yeah. that, we want to get to the point this year that where viewers on Twitch are changing elements, it's not just calling the plays, but changing elements in the state, like getting their name and message on LCD TVs and nice uh, in in the arena, sending secret secret messages to different players, you know, in audio, 
turning off or changing the color of the lights, shooting off confetti cannons, all these different things. We want to bring the viewers at home into the arena with the live people causing things to take place. Wow, that's very cool. That is very cool. Oh, I, I love it. Love it. Nice. And how big is your team? We're at 12 now. And they're all Austin or are you all spread out with this like world that we're living in right now? Started spreading out. So started, brought nice. on a friend of mine from Las Vegas, was in San Diego, and just brought on somebody from Ohio and San Francisco now. So we're getting national. There you go. So what do you, uh, with time, for, like we have a little few minutes left. So I wanted to just ask, like, what is, um, what do you see with 2022? What's your, like, what do you see is going to happen this year? What's you excited about it? What do you see in the future? Like really excites you both professionally yeah. and personally. First, before I answer that, you have to tell me how many times I've probably embarrassed you. Oh my God. Like, I know I can go oh. overboard, especially when I know like you're just waiting for me to ham it up. Sure, there's been a couple times where the epic got two power. Uh, I don't know if this was embarrassing, but entertaining. I remember in South by you were, were you in like a a, uh, a T Rex outfit, walking around the or the place, and everybody was loving the fact you were in this outfit. Uh, I was just waiting for a dog to come and do something, but like, uh, but I don't. Well, know. that was at that German house, right? The German house on Rainy Street. No, you were. It was starting at the at the at the South by Southwest gaming. Oh yeah, that was an actual panel at South by Southwest. Yeah, and I was like, "Is that John Carnage? The John Carnage, uh, the art of memes, or something?" Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's right, that's right. And then you, you all of a sudden like came up into side like the the the. the <laughs> I was I was the MC for the indie games competition, and so I. There was like this lull when the judges were going, and I knew we were going over time, so I started suiting up. I was in a wacky, inflatable, waving arm guy costume. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, yeah, but what was, so you got to refresh by. my memory when you embarrassed me because uh, you know I uh, like what, what's one that you got you got him you want to bring up? Was it in San Francisco or? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it was in San Francisco outside a bar. I think I was like talking to a critter on the street. <laughs> And and <laughs> you were just like, Jared, we should stay away from person. I'm like, nah, it's cool. I speak correct. And so we started talking. And you were just like, oh, man, I'm so uncomfortable. I'm so, I could see it in your face. So I'm like, well, we're letting you like soak up some of this uncomfortableness. I, I enjoyed it so much. Because <laughs> it, it, put, it put you in a different state. You were out of your comfort zone. You know, it was, I survived, did was, I? Yeah, it was a survival okay. thing. But I'm like, that day, baby Showbear learned that Chris are just like you and me. You know, they just want to talk to somebody. Yeah. They want to share what they're doing. I'm like, I'm interested. Why do you, why are you wearing shopping bags on your feet? And then yeah. my grandma would even do that. She'd be like, oh, it's cold here. It's like, she's a crit. Just, hey, I mean, I miss talking to critters. That's why I'm doing this podcast because there's yeah. a lot of critters out there. Yeah, I'm a tourist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this has been fun, man. I mean, uh, what is uh, again? Like, what do you? What My aspirations for 2022. I see more. I think FCF is going to make a huge splash. This whole interactive technology Sweet. thing. 
I think we're going to see uh, like the biggest change, like the last Uber of something, you know, I'm going to be the Uber Uber of granola. I'll bring you granola on demand. Well, right now it's all in tele telehealth. That's okay. like total future. Yeah. Um, how the devices are going to be able to take samples, you know, like you use the toilet, what you can get from urine and stool samples, or maybe a prick of blood on the thing where it's like a Theranos that actually works. I think we're going to see one of those pop up this year. It would be nice if it actually works. That'd be incredible, right? I think we're getting there with these, like maybe with PCRs as a first stage, right? Um, but uh, people got to get comfortable with like giving blood and getting samples in there, you know, right away. We'll see. That's pretty exciting, man. Well, this has been a lot of fun. It was actually really good to hear uh, your story because I actually don't remember or even asking you about like the, like, where's your story? Did you, where do you go to college and all this? So this was uh, pretty yeah, exciting. Yeah, my story, it's weird. Um, the weird is it's, ex- uh, it's exciting. Why? I'm like, I want to be the Dosakis man, you know? And so I, I work hard to have that sort of lifestyle. Hey, Austin is weird. Tape. There you go. There I go. There you go. Well, hey, Jared, thanks so much for having you on. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening in. And hope you enjoyed it. And uh, stay tuned for the next episode. And uh, thanks again, Jared. Epic power up. Thank you. You're a lovely human being, Showbear. Cheers, man. Love you too, bro. Bye.